Welcome to Small Town Radio. My name is Maxim. And you got your New Year's gifts already. Oh, we did. <laughs> we did. No, Happy New Year. Oh, yeah. Happy. Well, you are, we already said that. It's weird. This is. Yeah. Okay. It's a little weird that we recorded what came out last week almost a month. Well, like three weeks ago. Yeah. No, it's uh, it feels good to not be pre-recording. Because when I listened to the episode, last week's episode, I was like, man, I can tell how emotionally exhausted I am recording so many episodes. The the (laughs) weirdest thing I think was I said in the very first episode that we of our three that we recorded in four days was that um, if nothing major happens Mm -hmm. in this amount of time or if something major happens this amount of time and we don't talk about it, this is why I'm pretty sure. Before we recorded the second one, Trump was impeached and we just didn't talk about it. Oh, yeah. It was like it happened the very next day and we were just like, eh, yeah, well, now uh, we're going, we're sliding nice and cozily into World War Three. So <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, we're, we're this is now a political podcast. Welcome to Small Town Radio. Political podcast. Yeah. With that being said. How was your Christmas and New Year's? <laughs> good. Went home. I was visiting your family. It was good. It's always nice to go home. Good to see family. There was a wedding in the family, so all of my siblings were together for a short period of time, but that's always a nice time because uh, family is spread out. Mm-hmm. It, it really is for us. Um, we got four different states, um, so it's it's it was really nice. It's really become about family time. We've talked about this before. Right. New Year's, I was back here, hung out with uh, our buddies, our comedy buddies, one of which was Alex, uh, DeBoncourt as well. And uh, yeah, some other friends were working, some were out of town, but it was nice. It was like a, it was the right amount of excitement and relaxation. It was like, we're going to go with the flow. We're going to be in a group of people who want to socialize, but it's not like we have strict plans. We need to be there at 1030 or else yeah. we're missing reservations or we can't get into the, the club. It was just, it was nice. It was really mm-hmm. nice. What I would, it was what I had hoped for. Mm-hmm. How about you? It was good. Um, I was home way too long, like 12 days or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got these plane tickets in September and I just moved to New York in July. So I was like, okay, I'm guessing by the time the year is over, I'm really going to be like kind of homesick and want to go back and check it out. And then I went back uh, the first week. Um, I skied four times with my brother, my cousin, some friends in the first seven days. And that was very exhausting. And then after that, I was like, all right, I'm ready to go home, ready to go back to New York. But Instead, I played Fortnite and watched movies for like four more days. <laughs> That's I felt that way in college. Yeah. Often where I was like, all right, I've been home. I am ready to go back. That was a mm-hmm. feeling that I was used to. And I actually didn't book my, it was the weirdest thing. I didn't book my return ticket back to New York until I got home. And I booked it like two days before I, I returned home, which was a little stressful. Mm-hmm. But there was some like, uh, some planning going on with family, helping bring stuff back down. And just like, we're trying to figure some stuff out that kept on being the reason why I pushed my tickets, getting my return tickets. So I got them the two days before I was going to leave, like I said. And then that, the very next day, the day before I was going to leave, I found out two people could, 
were offering me rides back down to New York. Hmm. So I went from scrambling to find uh, tickets to having to exchange my tickets for another travel. <laughs> so it was, uh, but yeah, it was really flying by the seat of your pants there. It was. I mean, that's the way I am. You know me. I don't plan. Not at all. Apparently. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm trying to, that's a, I have a, I've two broad resolutions and then I have like small, like okay. things that I'm trying to do. Um, I'm trying to have more structure in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to learn history more with comedy, more or less the history of comedy more thoroughly. So those are the the two big ones. Um, Yeah, but that, that's, uh, that was, uh, that was my time. Nice. I slept on four couches. Wow. In the matter of two weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was, I was ready to get back and be in a bed and stay put. For me, it was like Christmas was great. I had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Family came over. It was it was a good time. But then as time went on, I'm like watching all of you guys back here in New York have fun and do stuff and like go to Mike's. I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> I wish I was like, it was great seeing family, but I wish I was chilling now, like and doing yeah. comedy. I, uh, I didn't do any comedy over break, which was interesting. I also didn't do much. I don't think I did any writing. I like ideas came into my head and I wrote them down, but then I didn't do any like structured writing, which was, I, I'd like to, but it's always, whenever you go home, for me, at least, whenever I go home, there's always less time you think because people want to spend time right. with you. They're like, oh, you're free. Let's let's play a game. Let's watch a movie. Let's go out to eat. Right. Which is really nice. And it took me, I think, the first three years of college, maybe even more, to be like, oh, no, this is, I don't have time to myself at home. Right. So in a small town in New Hampshire. Oh, Look at that tied together. Oh. <laughs> See, I had the issue where like uh, Denver area is not a place for pedestrians. Mm-hmm. So I was home and the first week everyone had off work. Cause it's Christmas week. Then the next week everyone worked because it was a normal week for them. Minus like New Year's. And so I was pretty much just trapped in my mom's place. <laughs> like I guess I'm playing video games and taking naps. And like, oh, that's kind of nice. I wrote, I didn't write, write any jokes. But I came up with two new ones. And well, actually, I did actually write one and a half more jokes. Okay. But that was like literally in the first day I was there that I thought of that. And then after that was nothing. It was interesting. So I went to church on Christmas Eve. I was raised uh, in the church. And I thought of the most amount of jokes at Christmas Eve mass. Nice. Which is, it might seem blasphemous. But I also realized, like, I when I went to uh, a museum, mm-hmm. I was thinking about a lot of jokes. And, like, there's... Because t- it's quiet time. It's time where you're reflecting and you kind of, like, let thoughts yeah. come and go. They say you have your best ideas when you're doing something monotonous, and there's nothing more monotonous than a Catholic mass. <laughs> that's, that's fairly true, yes. I, it- too, was raised Catholic. Not, like, hardcore, but, like, you know, occasional Sunday church, definitely on Christmas mm-hmm. and Easter. And... I remember just like doing that. And then my mom went in high school, started going to like non-denominational like Christian churches, like try out other stuff. And we, I went, I remember the first time I went to one, these people are singing songs. They've got a jam. Everyone's just happy to be there. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, this isn't right. Religion is sitting, standing and kneeling and following rules. There are rules. It's <laughs> funny. You, you haven't heard my new joke. I'm not going to do it for the people, but it, it ties in the singing aspect. Mm. Like, a, um, we should uh, say 
listen to our podcast. Uh, we don't, I realize we, we've only said that in one other episode. So continue listening. Please listen. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Okay. Continue to do so yeah. or else. Or else. Um, we have social media at STR pod on Instagram. No. Cast. You got it wrong again. Are you intentionally know. getting it wrong? I don't wrong? know. I really thought I had it this it's time. It's ST radio pod. Yeah, no, Instagram. I don't know. I always it's yeah, I do the ST and then it autofills on Instagram. And it's autofill. <laughs> ST Radio Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're oh, we're distributed everywhere. Oh yeah, we, you, we're on a bunch of weird one, <laughs> bunch of stuff that I normally on, don't listen on. We're on wherever you can find us now. It was uh, for a while. We're using Anchor FM, and uh, their customer service is fantastic. Uh, but we had had some issue with getting distributed and emailed them and they got it resolved for us in like 72 right. hours. So we're officially on Apple, Google, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. And also we hit a milestone last week. I don't know if you noticed, but we passed 420 listens. That's that's a you joke. That's a you thing. <laughs> I um, uh, comment, like, straight, subscribe. All that good stuff, please. Uh, all that good stuff, because it does really help. Uh, we're trying to like this is this is a fun thing we enjoy doing, but it's also really helpful to grow and uh, to to sustain, really. Because if there's not like if we don't see growth, uh, if we stick at like a few listeners every week, I feel like there'll be a point in time where we're like, all right, we have other ventures. But if we continue to grow, we're gonna stick with it. Yeah, exactly. So if you like the podcast, just tell people to listen to it. Yeah, force that. Like force them. Well, if you you miss the real opportunity around the holidays to bring the family together and listen to our podcast. Yeah. You don't need to talk. That's the best part about our podcast. You just sit there and listen. I actually did that. I we were coming back from skiing one day and the thing is like you drive up to skiing and everyone's like excited and talking, you're eat like eating snacks and like listening to music. And then you get done with skiing and you're so exhausted that the like the hour long car ride back home is silent. And I was just like, can I put on my podcast? I need to listen to this week's episode before we publish it. <laughs> <laughs> what you should have done is you should have put in your headphones and then told them to listen to him individually in their own headphones. To drive up our listen count. Yes. Yes. You're right. Listen together, but separately. I think that's important. That's mm, the big takeaway. Book club style. Yes, or silent disco, silent disco style. Yes, silent. That's that'd be funny. Uh, we have <laughs> silent a- disco <laughs> podcast. Uh, that's definitely a name to consider. Imagine you're like camping somewhere and you go for a hike in the woods and you it's like like sunset and you stumble across like a hundred people all wearing headphones, but it turns out they're listening to like NPR or something. Well, <laughs> that's really interesting to bring that up. When I worked at an NPR affiliate. We brought in someone, uh, and I'm forgetting the name, uh, but he was a highly trained classical musician, and he mm-hmm. would bring his piano out into nature and then give people Bluetooth headphones, and so they could like walk around and listen to his concert in nature. So they're like experiencing this thing with other people, but they're not restricted to their seats. So they could like go up and climb a tree or like have a picnic. It was like it's super cool, and they did it in beautiful places all around Oregon. Imagine listening to classical piano while watching a bunch of people pee on a tree. <laughs> uh, what was that? We we said before taking our hiatus, which wasn't a hiatus for you all, that we were going to have a uh, uh, an elevator pitch prepared. Oh yeah, which we did hastily 
minutes before. You're going to love this because if you listen to the last episode, you're going to realize this elevator pitch now is just a Frankenstein of the two elevator pitches we came up with. Which is exactly what, what we planned. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, here we go. This is this is what you tell your, your folk when you're pitching our podcast for them to listen to with you, but separately. So, um... Uh, Small. This small is the tag. Radio. Yeah, small town. Small town radio. Small town, town radio. That's is it. it. That's it. Are you, are we, we're not going to do it together. Oh, small, small town, town radio, radio is a podcast. Wait, wait. I, small I, I thought we were doing this. The tag. <laughs> I thought we were doing. The, I'm just fucking with you. Get, get, read your shit. <laughs> all right. I was trying to. I tilted the laptop. The whole. All right. Small <laughs> town radio. The show with the biggest facts about the smallest places. That's if you're at a urinal or in a stall and you don't have much time to yell it at someone. That's what you say. That's yeah, yes. That's the urinal stall part is not part of the official elevator, elevator pitch. pitch. That's the urinal that's pitch. the recommended where to pitch it. Yes, um, urinal or stall. I feel like we don't want to gender it. I mean, just urinal. yeah, yeah. Okay, that's important to know. Okay, here's the elevator pitch. Small town radio is two New York City comedians, Max and Allen, and name redacted, talking about small town towns around the world, but mostly in America right now. Connor, Sorry, right now. Right now. <laughs> Connor and Maxim, with their witty banter, talk about interesting history, weird geography, and hilarious celebrations that take place in areas that are often overlooked. With more people than ever flocking to cities, it's nice to remember how hypocritical two podcast hosts can be for inspiring nostalgia for small town life. Mm-hmm. Witty, but hypocritical. <laughs> that's uh, that's us, you know. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's uh, that's as good as we'll get it right now. Yeah. If you have if you have feedback. Email it to us at smalltownradiopodcast at gmail.com. Oh man, that was such a good, we almost forgot that. Uh, you don't realize we, we need, we need to put the tag of our, uh, email. Our, no, our, um, we need to put the elevator pitch into our Instagram bio because we haven't done that yet. Yeah. That's uh, behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. So <laughs> we don't have our shit together. <laughs> uh, we, we haven't enough. I was getting feedback from our friends, Alex and mm-hmm. uh, DeBoncor, who our listeners don't know. And they're like, you have a really good idea. Just, now be confident with it and get in the stride of it. So I'm I'm trying to embrace the confidence. Yeah, we we know exactly what we're doing. We're just doing it by the seat of our pants. I'm pretty confident in this. I um, I don't know why you're feeling that way. I, that's I was just told that. I just um, <laughs> they're like we can sense your insecurity about your podcast, and you're like, please listen. <laughs> uh, what else is there? We're trying to so social media was a big thing we talked about before. We want to do a mailbag up top. Which oh yeah, give us listener mail. We'll talk to you. Listener mail that includes uh, shouting us out, and we'll shout you back. We talked about follow for follow, but our friend Kayla uh, posted a reaction to us shouting her out, which I think is our only mail. I guess so. We 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 shouted her out already. We're shouting her out for, for listening us. to us shout her, which means her out. if she doesn't shout us out for shouting her out for sh- uh, her shouting us out, the chain is broken. I feel like this could be a fun game. I feel like this will be exhausting. Oh, that's what you said about me not saying my name in this podcast. It still is exhausting. Kayla, don't shout us back out, but thank you for listening. (laughs) Uh, Kayla, please shout us back out, and thank you for listening. We're really dividing the listener base here. Yeah, we really are. Uh, We have Maxim's Goblins and Connor's Cowards. Oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think what else. Mailbag. Um, I think we're going to start putting... 
names, potential names for this podcast up on social media that you all can vote on. Oh yeah, this will be the first one you can vote on. Well, so we'll be yeah, saying... so you'll, yeah, you'll know about this before we talk about it. But I think that's what we're going to try and do that. So mm, Saturdays. Saturdays we'll do a poll. I think me and Connor will probably both come up with like two names. I think yeah. you can do a four item poll on Instagram. Yeah. And we'll just see what people like. It'll be kind of fun. Yeah. And um, we usually do this via text anyway. Right. So now we're just uh, removing the curtain, pulling back the curtain. <laughs> um, it's else? funny because if we didn't like we we definitely break this fourth wall all the time. Oh, there, yeah. There's no curtain here. Like you listen to a professional podcast, you're like, wow, what an incredible production. You listen to this podcast, you're like, why does this car not have it outside? <laughs> why uh, does this car not have seats? <laughs> uh, what was the other thing? Uh, we've been getting a lot of pictures of people going to the places we've talked about. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start pushing those on Instagram. And I, I ran this by you briefly, but I kind of want to have like a, a tracker to see if we can get all of the places that we've talked about. That would be cool. So if you if you've been somewhere that we have been and have a picture of it or you there, we will post that on our Instagram. Um, yes. Absolutely. Yes. And there's a couple of people that I want to call out specifically. Wait, call out or shout out? Those are call two out. different things. <laughs> this is going to be very aggro. Um, Campbell, I know you're still in Idlewild. Send us a picture of you being there and we'll put it on <laughs> our Instagram. Um, great. Great. Uh, do you want to start our show now? Uh, uh, Are you ready to talk mm, politics? I'm, I don't have any politics to well, talk Well, it's a politi- political show now. Okay, well, I don't want to go to war with Iran. Oh, <laughs> tell me your real hot take. <laughs> real hot take. You mean the take that everyone in the country should have? <laughs> Did you know that Tehran has more people than New York City? I didn't know that. Now you do. Um, enough politics. Enough I'm getting politics. Uncomfortable. <laughs> getting uncomfortable. Are you ready for some nice cheery facts about oh. the smallest, cutest places <laughs> in the world? Um, who's going for? We've our our method is. Do you remember who went first before? No, because whoa, holy! It was a while ago. Because it was the lightning round is like lightning round, the lightning round, and then geez. we did the one before that where we did. I did Taos, and, and you I did, did Carmel, and. I think I went first. I think you went first. Okay, so do you want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Wow. Really pulling back Vote the curtain right now on uh, social media. <laughs> St Radio Pod. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. Good job for getting it right. Okay. So oh, this, this is also episode thirteen. This is episode thirteen. Which, if we were building a building, we would skip episode thirteen, but we're not. We're oh, a this is the haunted episode. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Convenient because my town includes <gasps> murder. Oh, interesting. I have something more sinister than that in mind, but it's not a sinister Murder, town. suicide. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe let's just say um, you like to eat people. Ooh, this is a spooky one. Okay, okay. All right, so I'm going to dive right into it. Okay, this town was a suggestion by my cousin Grant. Thank Hi, you, Grant. Grant. Um, so this place I've actually been to as a kid, and this is Beaver Island, Michigan. Ooh, Michigan. I think Michigan's our number one. I'm really sealing it in as number one with this. Um, but yeah, so, uh, Beaver Island, Michigan is an unincorporated community located in the Charlevoix, in Charlevoix County. Location, Lake Michigan. 
Mm-hmm. It's an island. Um, uh, population six hundred and fifty-seven. Very small. Very yeah, tiny. It's, it's very tiny. Um, we went there. His my cousin's family, his aunt and uncle, used to vacation Grant. there. Grant, his parents used to vacation there in the summers for a number of years, and my family came and went with them for two years in a row, just for like a week. It's really nice. It's really like wooded island with like beaches. It's really just like a great place to go swim and hang out. It's quiet, really quaint. Highly recommend. Um, first time in my life I took a no, not first time, but they have a ferry that goes there, which is pretty cool. I'm uh, from Denver, so any type of boat fascinates me. Um, <laughs> like, whoa, you mean we get to ride a boat to a place instead of drive a car? And they're like, what if we told you the boat? holds cars on it now i'm like no shit hey uh two for one two for one yeah okay facts beaver island is the largest island in lake michigan wow pretty big i guess i don't do you know the square (laughs) mileage um what if i told you i don't (laughs) it's all right i the uh the acreage we you can just convert it to acreage, which is also unknown. I assume. Yeah, it's okay. completely unknown. Then, then, then I understand how big it is because unknown to unknown, if you if you if you don't know the first unknown, um, the second unknown becomes much clearer. Right. Once you transfer it from something that's reasonable to something that's uh, how much you can plow a field with an oxen, right? Right. So it all makes perfect sense. I will say though that the the population of the island is 657 people. So the island has to at least be as big as like a small auditorium. I'd assume I assume so. If you want no houses and just foldable <laughs> yeah, I'm just chairs. If, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you want folding chairs and maybe one guy at the front who operates a buffet-style deli line Ooh, and oh, don't don't talk about food. That's oh like it's like a good thing like don't oh no but tell me more about food <laughs> he's making sexual faces at me i don't like it <laughs> you know me i love food so i love food what's too. at this buffet in this auditorium um, on this island well my new year's resolution is i'm gonna try to eat an apple every day or at least a piece of fruit every day That's i'm gonna try one. to step it up to when i go back to work an apple and a banana every day i'd vary it just just for your own uh, yeah. regularity yeah so i'm gonna like uh sucks to be you but this deli bar is all fruit then why is it called a deli bar uh because there's why bread. Isn't a fruit bar? You, can put bread, you can put fruit on bread I that's don't know. right there's no meat at your deli bar there's no meat yeah oh well there's okay God. if i was actually gonna do it it would be like just exactly what's in a normal deli bar thing but there's no cheese and there's just tofurkey instead of meat okay i can deal i can hang and extra falafel I do love me some falafel. I had the white sauce thing happen again last night that we talked about last episode. Oh my goodness. He goes, I go, can I get a falafel over rice? He's like, yeah. And then he's like, he holds up the bottle of white sauce and and he goes, do you want white sauce? And I go, no. And he squeezes it anyway. And I was like, what? what? I wasn't there for you. <laughs> Why? Why? But it was only a little bit. So he pulled it off. I was like, thank you. But also I feel like guilty about it because it's like, I can't just like, I'm not just like a normal person who can be like, oh, I don't really like it. I'll just eat that piece, whatever. It's fine. I'm like, I will probably throw up if I eat that. Are you really that sensitive? Yeah. I mean, you don't have dairy for like almost seven years. Like That's true. It's it like one time I accidentally ate a bite of cheese bread, spent the whole next morning puking. Wow. Okay. Incredible, huh? Na- uh, Nature is a miracle. <laughs> incredible is a strong word. Yeah. So um, anyway, Beaver Island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, beavers are vegan. Um, 
As far as I know. You mean if you eat a beaver, you are a vegan? No, if beavers oh, eat anything. I think they're, I'm pretty sure they just eat like wood. I no, don't know. no, they've got to eat fish. I feel like, okay, are beavers vegan. omnivores? <laughs> I think they're omnivores. They're, they're herbivorous. They're oh, not omnivores. Okay. Wow. What is a, do beavers eat fish? They do not eat fish. What is the diet of a beaver? Tree bark and cambium. Cambium is a soft tissue that grows under the bark of a tree. Wow. So they just eat. They just okay. eat trees. Damn. No wonder they got those uh-huh. teeth. I thought they, they just eat trees. Damn. Damn. Damn, beavers. <laughs> eat those trees. No, like you always, I always thought like, okay, this is so off topic, but like, Beavers, I thought they were just like, they just made dams out of the trees. And I thought they used the dams to like catch fish that would that pass makes sense. through. I would have assumed, if you told me that, I would have believed you. Yeah, because it's like, oh, they just like live in this thing and then their food just like scoots right on by them. No, turn- if, you, if you had put that out in episode one as a fact, mm-hmm. I would have never fact checked you. Yeah. We'll see what I can get away with over the course of the show. <laughs> Probably a lot. Probably a lot. There's probably like real facts that we've said that are, that are completely, completely untrue. Yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I will tell the listeners right now, it is my guarantee to you that I am trying my best oh, to yeah. make sure these things are truthful. But that comes with no guarantees because Wikipedia is <laughs> one of our main sources. It is the main source. The main source. I mean, yeah. We should probably donate to them. Uh, we should probably make some money. Uh, I have money. You have okay. I have a Don't, job. That's Tom. a brag. It's a- <laughs> All right. Oh, also, I want to make stickers for this show. I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier. I make so many stickers just for fun. I'm going to make some small town radio podcast stickers, and then I'll advertise them on the page, and you guys can yeah, out. you can fight over them like sharks. Okay. Cool. Anyway, back to facts. Yeah. Beaver Island is the largest island in Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. Great. Beaver Island is also home to something that I witnessed firsthand called the big rock oh. i thought you witnessed a murder oh no it's gonna be like wow not yet <laughs> not yet the big rock yeah it was funny because my aunt and uncle were like we're gonna go see the big rock and we we're like oh cool and we went there and the rock was only about the size of a minivan so like it's the biggest rock on the island <laughs> i feel like that's as big of a disappointment as plymouth rock yeah, yeah. We're like, oh, we, 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 this is the, this is the thing. This is the thing that everyone talks about here. I don't know, like, what I expected as a kid, but we, like, in Colorado, the rocks, especially like the Boulder Flatirons and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, these rocks are as big as, I mean, a town. Like, they're huge. What else does this island have if the attraction is a big rock? Uh, mostly, uh, on their per their website, literally, it's just a vacation spot. It's just trees. And beaches is real low key. Okay. But they have an exciting little piece of history, Ooh. which is going to bring me into my third fact. <clears throat> eat, eat. That's that that I don't know. I, I was trying to do the murder sound, but I don't know. Oh, okay. Like, you said there was murder. So I assume it has to be in this third fact. What if I told you this ne- next fact has the murder deep within it? I feel like you're gonna murder me halfway through telling the fact wow, wouldn't that be one hell of a podcast <laughs> if i still went to the, the trouble of editing and releasing it and pretending you were alive until we released it the perfect crime that's actually in the theatrical sense that's a funny idea because it could never you would never do it but it, 
if you think about it too much, it's not funny at all. Yeah, no. <laughs> we messed up. The 13th episode, 13th episode is haunted. I murder Connor. I still go to the trouble of editing and releasing and promoting the podcast. And then when it drops next Monday, I'm on the run. Podcast name. On the run. On the run with Max <laughs> Allen. <laughs> That's why we are planning all these small towns to begin with. Oh, my goodness. Ooh. Oh. That'd be crazy. We should do a scavenger hunt. We should put together a puzzle for our listeners at some point that ties all of our towns together. Wow. There's really so much we can do with this. Yeah. Anyway, Beaver Island was home to a Mormon theocratic monarchy from 1850 to 1856. A theocratic monarchy in the United States. 1850 to 1850. So after, well after we have, uh, we are not, in a monarchy. Right. Okay. So here's what's happening. Can, how, how, sorry, can I just, can I ask, like, is this a thing a town could do now? No, this is a special circumstance where we'll okay. get into it a Okay, bit. I was like, that's fascinating that places haven't decided to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, um, monarchy is so, is so illegal in the U- U.S. that, like, if you get knighted in another country, if you want to become a U.S. citizen, you're stripped of all your knight titles because in the United States, you're not allowed to, no one person is allowed to have a political rank that designates them as being superior to another person. Where we can have our job titles be like, you're a senator, you're a president, you're a former president, whatever. But a knight is like literally like, you're a preferred person of the government. I hear what you're saying, but I feel like in practice, this is not followed. You see like... But like, I mean, like, you can't be, you can't go by sir. Well, I mean, we, we say sir yeah, yeah, because we're, we're Americans. We're like, hey, screw your structure. But like, but we definitely have preferred people in this country. We definitely have preferred people, but like not legal, legal like titles like that. That's why Lady Justice is blind. Yeah. Okay. She's like, are there knights in the room? I can't tell. <laughs> like, no. Is it night out? <laughs> Knights night out with Lady Justice. Ooh, that's a porn title if I've ever heard one. <laughs> <laughs> See, we name this episode Night's Night Out. Ooh, that's a good one. Keep that. We'll put that in the poll. Okay. Okay. Mormon theocratic monarchy, 1850-1856. How much do you know about Mormonism? Uh, I saw a Book of Mormon. That's it? I own the Book of Mormon. Like, not the play, but the, 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 the Book of Latter-day Saints. Really? Because they hand them out after the show. Have I read it? No, I have not. Oh, it was more of a souvenir. Okay. No, I'm, I want to read all the major religious texts at some point in my life, but Boring. I also want to have a life. Yeah. Right now, currently. Yeah, that's a good call. Okay, so... From the West, in, in Colorado, we are next to Utah, mm-hmm. which is obviously the Mormon like home land zion i don't know what to call yeah. it the, the the epicenter of mormons if you will so i grew up in my town there was like a large mormon population i knew a lot of mormon kids and like so we kind of like learn about what they're about mm-hmm. i don't want to say it's weird but it's weird <laughs> <laughs> okay so but the history of this okay so uh in mormonism is essentially a branch of it. it's a type of christianity that is North has a North American gospel in a nuts nutshell, like an American gospel. Okay. So the their main prophet Joseph Smith. This is so paraphrased and probably not accurate totally, but 
The nutshell is Joseph Smith was their prophet and he, an angel gave him two tablets that wrote out like an essential, like some different types of laws or scripture for him. Um, and they also detailed to him a pre like a, an ancient civilization in North America and like the battles that took place between them, the kingdoms they had and stuff. So it's essentially, I don't want to be rude, but it's a, it's a North American fan fiction. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so the, the important takeaway here is that Joseph Smith is their prophet. And this took place in the early 1800s. Um, Joseph Smith was assassinated in like the 1840s because people, a lot of excommunicated um, Mormons accused him of basically using the church as a way just to marry a shit ton of women because Mm -hmm. Mormons believe in, they believed in polygamy. So you can have a bunch of wives. This is one of the, the key things in America as to why the Mormons are like persecuted and alienated and have been in the past is because they believe in polygamy. Mm -hmm. That's why they fled to Utah to begin with, to get away from the Eastern and the Midwest areas, United States and get away from everyone. In fact, there was actually a lot of Mormons who went down to Mexico. Yeah. So they could keep practicing polygamy there. I think even Mitt Romney has family there. Yeah. There's there. Yeah. And then the whole thing that happened in the, well, the phrase happened in the news is so, incorrect but the the news stories that came out about the yeah, families right okay yes and uh yeah i'm sorry to all my mormon listeners we actually do appreciate you listening but it is weird <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay so joseph smith gets murdered who's their prophet he gets murdered in the 1840s the reason why is because people were like hey you are literally just making up stuff as you go along so you can marry a lot of women and they murdered him after he dies there was um I feel so bad because I forgot what it was called, but it was like the, the, the succession something com- competing for succession. There was some. There was a six month period after his death where the Mormon Church was like, "What the hell are we gonna do?" So there was three possible people that were, or there was a bunch of people that were competing to take his place. Most notably, Brigham Young, which you mm-hmm. may, may recognize from yes. Brigham Young University, BYU. Sydney Sydney Rigdon. Don't know who he is, Mm-mm. but his name was in there. And James Strang. This is the story of James Strang. Okay. So James Strang, his group initially settled in Vorey, Wisconsin Territory in 1844. Later, they sought refuge from persecution, and they moved from Vorey, Wisconsin to Beaver Island in 1848. They founded the town of St. James, which is named in honor of Strang. They also have um, Kings, Kings Avenue or Kings Road, which is like a a road through their island that's still there. Um, Strang was initially opposed to polygamy, which made him the notable notable counterpart to the other contenders for succession of the Mormon Church. So Brigham Young and the the Sydney guy they were into polygamy. Strang was like no polygamy. However, as soon as he got to Beaver Island in 1848, he flipped his stance and he was like, "I'm all about it." And then married five wives and had 14 children. And a lot of his followers were not happy, so they left. See, I'm just waiting for the song and dance part. Because if you're talking about Mormonism, that's the only way I listen. It's funny that that's your association. What, what's Mormonism <laughs> about? Uh, musicals? <laughs> you never had two, two very uh, pimply 17-year-olds show up on your doorstep and be like, have you heard the good news? <laughs> My parents, I feel like, didn't let me open the door until I was much older. It's probably good. 
I don't think they didn't let me. Continue on. Continue. In 1850, James Strang proclaimed himself king. Here's a technicality. Not of the island, but of his church. Of the Mormon church? Of his branch of the Mormon church. Okay. So he's the Church of Latter-day Saints, um, but it's also called Strangite. Like, they're Strangites. They're like a separate thing. So is... Okay. I... Yeah. So the more the, the modern Church of Latter-day Saints has something like 16 million followers. Mm-hmm. The modern Church of Latter-day Saints Strangite branch has less than 1,000. So just a couple people that are like remaining from on. his okay. thing. Um, so he, was, he proclaimed himself king of his church. The elaborate ceremony took place in a log tabernacle. He was given a crown that a witness described as, quote, a shiny metal ring with a cluster of glass stars in the front. He was given a red royal robe, a shield, breastplate, and a wooden scepter. So they have this whole, like, king... Coronation. Yeah, they have, like, a whole ceremony. Um, So there's a lot of tension between the Strangites and the other residents of the island. Um, Strang was only technically king of his church, but he st- him and his followers regularly seized property and assaulted people on the island because they were just trying to like have this like just a monopoly on the island, just like the only yeah. presence there. Um, so the the anima- animosity between the two groups was like really open and violent. Like people apparently beat up Strangites at the post office and Strang, this is funny, Strang once fired a cannon at a group of Irishmen who threatened to rid the island of the church. So they like got this angry mob together and they're like, fuck that guy, we're going to get him. They came after him and he f- shot a cannon at them. I'm just, I don't know enough about warfare to know like the history of weapons to know, was that out of date? Was that? Was that? No, I don't know. That, that seems, seems, about, seems about right for like eighteen fifties. Okay. That's what I was thinking, but I I'm so ignorant on this. What impresses me is he'd have to be like holed up in a building that already has a cannon loaded and ready to go, and pointed in the rough direction the mob would approach from. Still, it didn't say he killed anybody. It just said he fired a cannon at them. So I don't know how that went. Um. So the Strangites held an increasing monopoly of local government that blurred the lines between church and state. In fact, in uh, 1853 and 1855, James Strang was elected to the Michigan House of Representatives. So the, this guy who is like a king in his church is working in the state government or the federal government. Yeah. Oh, cake and eating it too, I guess. I guess so. Yeah. King and eating it too. <laughs> Ew. Okay. In 1856, two men assassinated Strang. Thomas- uh, assassinated isn't the same thing. as It sounds hot take, but murder and assassinating, one sounds more, not dignified, but for lack of a better term, cooler? Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Okay. All right. Anyway, Thomas Bedford had been flogged for adultery with another member's wife, and Dr. H.D. McCullough, McCulloch, Wait, wait, wait. So this man was getting flogged for adultery, which is cheating yeah. on his wife, where the, the king had multiple wives. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just wanted to put those two next to each other and <laughs> show them, point that out. And then Dr. H.D. McCulloch, who had been excommunicated for drunkenness and other misdeeds, came together with Alexander Wentworth, Wentworth and Dr. J. Atkin and planned the assassination. This is pretty much straight Wait, off. at the flogging? They're like, hey, we're all here. <laughs> Let's talk about murder. No, yeah. And um, 
so those guys, yeah, they got together as a group. They're like, fuck this guy. Like, he's just being a dick. Apparently, like, he would impose lots of rules on the people of the island. Like, he would say what women could and could not wear. And, like, apparently he said, like, all women have to wear this certain type of dress or, like, undergarment. And everyone on the island was cool with it except for two women. And their husbands were these guys as well. Oh, so, okay. like, So not only did they get punished for, like, the things they did, but their women were like, fuck those rules. And I think they were just like, yeah, fuck that guy. Nice. Okay. So, uh, this is straight off the Wikipedia about what happened. Um, on Monday, June 16th, 1856, Strang was waylaid around 7 p.m. on the dock at the harbor of St. James by Wentworth and Bedford, who shot him in the back. All this was carry- carried out in full view of several office- officers and men of the USS Michigan, a U.S. naval vessel docked in the harbor. Not one person on board the ship made any effort to warn or aid the intended victim. Strang was hit three times, one bullet grazed his head, another lodged in his cheek, and a third in his spine, paralyzing him from the waist down. One of the assassins then savagely pistol-whipped the victim before running aboard the nearest vessel with his companion, where both claimed sanctuary. Some accused Captain McBlair of Michigan of complicity in, or at least foreknowledge of, the assassination plot, though no hard evidence of this trial was ever forthcoming. They fled to Mackinac Island, which is nearby, and the assailants were tried in a mock trial, fined $1.25, and sent free with no consequences. So I guess what I took away from this was that people really didn't like this guy. I like how it wasn't even a trial. It was a mock trial. Yeah, that's what it says. <laughs> I I just I don't have enough knowledge of law to be like, is this how America works? It's like we're just like local government. You do is like is it separate separation between uh, federal and state government that strong? They're like you deal with your murders however you want. It would be funny if the trial took place at a local like high school at their mock trial at the club, auditorium, and they just like totally botched the trial and like the, these guys get fined dollar twenty five, set free for murder, and then a bunch of kids fail their mock trial course. <laughs> They're like, that's not how the law is supposed to work. But the the idea that there's a Navy ship at the end of the dock and two guys run up and gun this dude down and then run away and the Navy ship is just like, we didn't see anything. <laughs> it's crazy. They must have really hated this guy. Huh. So while Strang lingered on his deathbed in Vori, his Michigan enemies determined to extinguish his Beaver Island kingdom. On July 5th, 1866, on what... Michigan historian Byron M. Cutchion later dis- later called, quote, the most disgraceful day in Michigan history. A, dr- a drunken mob of Gentiles from Mackinac and elsewhere descended upon the island and forcibly evicted every Strangite from it. Strang subject on the island numbering approx- approximately 2,600 persons were herded onto hastily commandeered steamers, mostly after being robbed of their money and other personal possessions and unceremoniously dumped onto docks along the shores of Lake Michigan. A few moved back to Vori while, while the rest scattered across the country. So they killed their king and then they just like came to the island, took it, robbed everybody and just shipped them anywhere else. Interesting. That's, I just like... I mean, when he said the the most shameful day, because we had like had internment camps in this in country, Michigan history. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know what Michigan's history is with any of that other stuff, but eh, I don't know. That's they, where my head was at. They gave us Ted Nugent, so <laughs> there's been a couple of shame and Kid Rock. There's been a couple of shameful days in American history, and two of them are birthdays at least. <laughs> 
Uh-huh. All right. And my final quick fact, uh, after the Strangites were forced off the island, Irish immigrants all over moved to Beaver Island, making it, quote, America's Emerald Isle <laughs> in the 1800s. I couldn't find any any uh, facts about that for how it relates to today, because their website is pretty much like, come here and vacation, and that's, <laughs> that's all it is. Come see our big rock. Yeah, so that's what I got for Beaver Island, Michigan. Um, thoughts on theocratic monarchies in the United States? <laughs> uh, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank okay. you. It's like, a, do you want, do you want, um, do you want, um, uh, uh, Aside with that, do you want a soda with that uh, halal? Ooh, no, thank you. No, thank you. That's how I feel about them. I prefer my theo- theology with no monarchy attached to it. Suit yourself. Suit yourself. <laughs> All right. Save that 15 cents. No, a dollar fifteen. $1. Can I get 25? that monarchy with no white sauce? <laughs> oh, no. There's white sauce all over it. Uh, all right. Yeah. Beaver Tell Island. Um, I highly encourage... If you're in Michigan, you probably already know about Beaver Island, but uh, other people take a vacation there. Go stop by. It's actually a really quaint place. Great Go beaches. set up a... If you feel like you should be a king, why not try Ooh. again? How about next year, once we, get, once we get enough followers and listeners, we drum up our own rebellion and we go and storm the island and set up our own small town radio podcast archie. I like... You, the, the saving grace was podcast archie that was the real saving grace <laughs> i know there. i was like do i want to admit to a crime that we're not going to commit on public record or do i want to acknowledge that that good wordplay just in case a uh, hundred year, years goes by and we're famous and uh we have like a cult following of fanatics um invade beaver island do it establish the podcast archie <laughs> that's maxim allen speaking not i'll say it conrick fitch and that was not that was the first time I said that. I am your prophet, and this is a fraud. <laughs> uh, do we want to do our sponsors? Um, I guess so, yeah. Okay. Um, what do you first, get? you were looking at me. Um, I'm My sponsor is Suitcase Handles. Mm. Some are designed to withstand a lot of force, mm-hmm. but others are will bend if you put all of your books in them. And you lug them up multiple flights of stairs. Oh. Suitcase handles. Made for books. Sometimes. Sometimes. Okay, with that, I'm going to come in with some luggage tips because I flew a little bit over break. Um, I got a hard shell suitcase earlier this year, and I do appreciate the hard shell suitcase. Um, one, th- there's, there's something, though. Like, it seems nice, and it's nice and, like, sturdy. Um, not having the flexibility, it kind of can be a drawback sometimes, like when you're at the baggage claim and the thing spits out a hard shell suitcase and it slams against the metal <laughs> guarding. It's like, ooh, I cringe a little. Um, and I know that a soft shell suitcase would take that hit better. But the hard shell isn't, like, floppy. It's very, like, it's predictable at its movements. So when you gotta be someplace, it's not like, it doesn't flop, the weight isn't super bad. And uh, it just seems cleaner than like soft shell, like or soft, because I feel like this, the fabric on the outside, like these things are getting like pushed around airports and like are rolling around the ground. I just feel like they kick up water and stuff and they get dirty. Not a problem with the hard shell, which is nice. Also, I was in the airport at JFK coming back and I noticed someone had a Louis Vuitton bag like a big one come out of the conveyor, like at the baggage claim. And I'm like, one, why would you spend so much money on that bag? 
Two, why would you spend so much money on that bag and then use public air transit? Because all it's going to do is just get thrown around and dirty in baggage claim. And three, I guess leave that to rich people with their private planes because then they can treat their suitcases however they want. But you just like you treat your suitcases how you want to be treated. Right. Like scum. We're all dirty scum. And that's it. We're just street filth. Who do you think you are getting a, a probably a like a several hundred dollar, maybe multi thousand dollar Louis Vuitton suitcase and then standing in line and waiting like a plebe in JFK for your bag to come out? No. If you have a bag like that, I expect you to be able to just walk off the plane and then like hand you their, your suitcase right away. I'll be like, here you go, sir. And you're like, thank you. I don't know. That's an interesting sponsor. They they gave you a lot of information to share. Um, this is actually promoted by Big Suitcase, <laughs> by Big Ugly Hard Shell Suitcase. It's a it's a whole thing. Well, uh, thank you, sponsors. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, travel tip: get yourself a suitcase that has omnidirectional wheels instead of just one directional. It just makes things easier, and you can do cool tricks with it on the nice polished airport floors. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Those are okay. You yeah. Ready? Uh, I guess so. You're not going to thank me for my research. I already said. Oh, I thank you for your sponsors. I not my research though. Thanks for your research, wow. Maxim. Okay, I'm so appreciated. Uh, we're about 50 minutes in. No way. Yeah. I thought my stuff was going to be short. Well, we we had a long talk up top. I'll. This is an extra special treat for our listeners who love the long episodes. I well, I'm going to push through mine. Uh, Take your time. Well, I'm the editor still. Do you want to edit this one? Um, if I have the information in the software and yeah, supervision. The software. Well, we can talk off after. Yeah, we got yeah. to. Uh, okay. So, well, I told you this up front. My town, so Jack Swimer. Okay. Big fan. We've shouted him out. This is our uh for do we shouted he, out two people now. We we had a goal of shouting out upwards of 100 people this year. And we have two this po- three this this podcast. So, okay. Pretty good. So, uh, shout out Jack. He sent um, this town a while ago. on Varsity Swime Team? We ran together. Oh, damn it. Okay. Yeah, that was really good. That was really clever, though. <laughs> uh, you can use that one. You don't have to credit me for that joke, Jack. <laughs> so, uh, Jack sent a, a few towns a while ago. He was also the one who did uh, Virginia City, Nevada. Okay. Uh, but this is... So, he sent me Truckee, California. And Truckee is, uh, I started researching and I was like, uh, this might have three facts. Uh, so I kept on reading the Wikipedia page mm-hmm. and a few more things jumped out and I started digging more. I was like, oh no, this has a lot. This has so much information that, uh, this is definitely a candidate for coming back to it because each like fact has so many different layers to it. That uh, it definitely has a lot of talking points, but this town is real Smith Island cake, folks. It is, it is. <laughs> uh, well, this is Truckee, California. So the population, as of 2010, uh, the United States Census was 16,180. Okay, re- reflecting an increase of 2,316 from the 2000 census. Okay, which is very interesting because uh, before that, from so that was um, that was a small, like it was a sizable increase mm-hmm. percentage wise. Yeah. From two thousand, uh, from nineteen ninety to two thousand, the population increased almost three hundred percent. Wow! So it went from three thousand four hundred eighty four to 
13,864. Incredible. And this is like a side fact. I'm not going to really go into it. But in 1993, this place was incorporated. So that might have some reason why I think some more area was cleared out. But it it wasn't always this giant small town. Yeah. As it is today. So the location <laughs> is... It used to be a small town. Now it's a giant small, small town. town. Uh, it's uh, it's the land is about 33 square miles. Mm-hmm. Um, and the location is in Western California, just north of the bend. I don't know what you The mean. bend in California on the inner elbow? Oh, okay. Which is, or I could have just said this, it's just uh, off the northern shore of Lake Tahoe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the, the, the easier way to say those things. Um, so it's uh, located near the Sierra Nevada crest mm-hmm. at 1,798 meters, which uh, Please, feet. for our... Our non-metric listeners, which is a very small percentage, I am sure, it's <laughs> 5,899 feet. Elevation? Uh, elevation, okay. yeah. Near the, the crest of the Sierra Nevadas, which is very beautiful. Um, but it provides uh, winter storms to commonly deposit nearly a meter of snow in a 24-hour storm. Wow. And it's like if you're sewing for a weekend, you can get up to two to three meters pretty Easily, holy crap! So, uh, Truckee has an average of two hundred and four point three inches, or five point nineteen meters, for our metric listeners, of snow annually, which makes it the fifth snowiest snowiest city in the United States. Fifth, fifth. That's crazy. That's which so much snow? I fear if you're a hardcore listener, you you heard the buzzword of city in there. And I guarantee you, it's not a city. It's a town. Okay. The town of Truckee. I, I double-checked. Uh, okay. That's not a. That's not one of the facts. That's We're going to get a mob together and excommunicate <laughs> you from your bedroom. Why? Because I said the said, C, you said uh, C word. And it wasn't that, CDP. <laughs> we, this is only, we only use one C word around here, and that's CDP. <laughs> and that's census. Uh, <laughs> So this is uh, this is from visit because I'm going to go into more of uh, different historical aspects. Uh, yeah. Not talk about Truckee so much today, uh, but it's apparently a booming place. Uh, yeah. This is from visit California dot go California visit California uh, visit California. So, up and over the hill from Lake Tahoe's north shore, Truckee offers an easy base for an adventure-filled trip. Historically a logging town, Truckee was also the site of a major railroad construction in the 1860s. Today, its Old West-style downtown has morphed into an artistic hub with historical sites and appealing boutiques and galleries this creative culture earned Truckee the designation of a california cultural district in 2017 Ooh! and i looked up the downtown uh when you think of old west you think of like smaller roads and like kind of flat storefronts they have the flat storefronts but it's kind of more spread out but it's like it's an appealing place there's like art galleries nice nice uh, bars, restaurants, all that stuff to make it uh, an interesting destination, especially if you're going to go hiking, you're going to go skiing, you're going to do all that stuff. I'm going to go ahead and say, I want Google Images and tell say this place is, uh, it's cute. 
Yeah, it's cute. It's quaint. It's like, <laughs> it's, it does, like it reminds me. I, I, you've been around Colorado a little bit, but it reminds yeah. me of like downtown Golden. It just has those, okay. like a row of those flat old western, like eighteen hundreds brick buildings. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be fairly spread out because of how expansive the the town actually is. Mm-hmm. Thirty three square miles. Um, so I think it's thirty five. I think it's just thirty three of land. So it's uh, so uh, fact number one, and this is so I first learned mm-hmm. that. Um, it was home to the one of the first, if not the first, uh, motorized ski lifts in wow. the in the western part of the United States or the United States. That's what I read on Wikipedia, mm-hmm. and then I found an article that explained all the history of winter sports in Truckee, which wow. was wildly eye-opening. Um, it said uh, the winter sports industry in California and much of the western United States got its start in Truckee. Uh, the area now known as Hilltop and the adjacent slopes. Hilltop, yeah, I said that. And Hills is the birth, birthplace of many winter sports activities. I don't have them all listed. I didn't get mm-hmm. to go through the whole article. Um, but in 1909, yep. tobogganing was the most popular sport and thousands of people participated in Truckee. Wow. Tobogganing. Tobogganing, okay, so tobogganing as it is now, you go down like a chute. If I understand that correctly, like you've got a team and like one guy pushes and then jumps in the back and you're just going on this like closed course. What? Like, I, I wonder what tobogganing. No, you're, I, like, you're thinking of like skeleton or uh, is it luge? This is tobogganing. It's like a long sled. Yeah. I, I think that's like the original um, how sport do of sliding down snow covered slopes and artificial ice covered shoots on, oh, on runner, runnerless sled. A runnerless sled. So it's not like the track. It could be the track, but there's no runners on it. Gotcha. I When I think of tobogganing in its modern form, I think of my entire family sitting down on this really long sled and going down the hill for about 20 feet. That's oh. what I think of. <laughs> okay. But multiple but has- people can fit on this. We were coming in with the hottest winter facts this, this episode, folks. And, and today uh, guess I what learned season? a toboggan does not have runners on it. Uh, it's winter right now. Currently, it is winter. Good for me. I didn't. I didn't. You're doing facts about snow sports. This is this now is... a snow sports podcast. Welcome to Snow Sports Town <laughs> Radio. So, but in the fall of 1910, because you're thinking about that uh, motorized ski lift, mm-hmm. right? Or lift? I shouldn't shouldn't have said ski lift. That was misleading on me. Uh, a steam powered toboggan lift Whoa. was built by uh, a man who I. This is the only pronouncer I forgot to write out. So uh, J. Kirchner's K I R C H E N Snope K I R C H N E R Kirchner on the upper hill, uh, and uh, the the lift is generally believed to be the first mechanical lift in winter sports in the West and possibly the U.S. That's awesome. Yes, this so- this fact was the real Christmas present here yeah real treat there's so much more about like the history of all the other sports and like snowshoeing and all that jazz but that's that's one to like wet your toes a little bit about this town we uh there's so much more so uh you know what do you think about the name trucky is that does that stand out to you trucky um only in the way that the word truck does yes and i figured there's a lot of snow there so people probably have trucks with plows on them um interesting this is this will this will blow your mind then. Oh, uh, the town the town originally was named after a railroad and wagon stations. Okay, which uh, 
The name of the wagon station was originally Gray Station, which was renamed uh, Coburn Station. Then, uh, when the railroad moved in, because it was a railroad town, the station was named Truckee in 1867. And fun fact, I went through Truckee because it goes from like Sacramento up through Denver to Chicago because mm-hmm. there's an Amtrak line that goes yeah. through there. And I've done from Sacramento to Denver before. Okay. So I've been here, which is should have been the only fact necessary about this place. <laughs> How's the Rangoon? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I bet it's amazing because I've been, well, I've been to a lot of places without a uh, I don't know. Okay. Well, uh, so the name Truckee was named after the Paiute chief, which is a, a native, that's a, the Paiutes were a Native American tribe mm-hmm. in the, in the area. Um, and it's his assumed name. The assumed name of this chief was Truckee Zoo. Like Tra key K I and then Z O. Okay. So either Zoo or Zo, Truckee Zo. Uh so uh when the first Europeans who came to cross the Sierra Nevada encountered his tribe, uh they they heard him yelling Truckee, which or like Troke, uh which in Paiute stands for everything is all right. But the chill the travelers weren't aware of that, so they just thought that was his name. And so when okay. they decided to actually name the place, they went by his assumed name and just never found out if that was his actual name or not. So it's like, it's kind of nice. Wow. It's yeah. kind of wholesome, but also like <laughs> really disrespectful. <laughs> I don't, yeah, it could, it could have been his name or like, that's how they could have just, I don't know. It's, it but was his assumed right. name. Uh, everything is all right. <laughs> yeah. So that was a, yeah, it was eye opening. It seems like a great name for a town known for winter sports. Is everything is all right? <laughs> well, I feel like Truckee's a place in like the what, the corner of New Mexico where you just kind of drove through and there's nothing around. Mm-hmm. There's like a small unincorporated town called Truckee, but this place it's named after uh, Paiute uh, chief mm-hmm. is is assumed name. Apparently, he was a very nice guy, very friendly. Uh, helps like explorers travel around the area. This. Seems He's like, cool. yeah, everything's all right. Welcome to California, dude. It's chill. <laughs> uh, Don't worry about it, bro. There's hella room for all of us. <laughs> well, uh, another thing to unpack, if we ever do come to, back to this town, is there's a lot of Native American history. Mm-hmm. And there are different tribes, the the Washu tribe, and uh, let me see, the Ute tribe, um, the, and the Shoshone. There, there's a lot of history. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of, no one was really settled there permanently yeah um but there's a lot of uh nomadic tribes hunter-gatherer tribes and there was the Truckee river that went through which made it really convenient to travel around and i believe the Truckee river is the only outlet of lake tahoe so uh okay so everything is all right river going <laughs> through everything is all right town the uh it um and so there's some estimates have said that uh, these these Native Americans first got to the area around Truckee around 3000 BC. That's when the oh, records... Oh, wow. So it's like, there's a lot of history there to unpack. I couldn't unpack it all, but there's a lot. And it all culminates with us being like, uh, not us, we not uh, not you and me, but these Europeaners coming in going, he, that's the first word he said. That must be his first name. 
So we're going to name this town after him. And everything was all right. Everything was all right. And this is actually the end of Truckee's history, this podcast episode. Why? Because as soon as we talk about a place, it's done. There's no, no more history can happen there. Well, I said we might... Re- re- you're right. Mm-hmm. I'm yes-anding your yes. idea. And we will make sure our mob of listeners ensure that nothing <laughs> else happens. <laughs> the power trip has really gone to your head. Really out of control here. Yeah. Um, you're gonna you, everyone in truck. You're gonna notice a small town radio sticker is gonna show up in your mailbox, and that is a <laughs> sign that you should flee your homes to wherever Beaver Island. Beaver Island. Yeah, and then you raid Beaver Island. Make sure to bring your deli supply though yeah bring your sandwich spread yes please okay so that was our it second is just an auditorium <laughs> <laughs> with one big rock with one big rock yep uh that's what's on stage oh the auditorium oh, the rock can be king the rock can be king wouldn't that be fun and our the rock so the rock the the big rock is our mm-hmm. king and then the rock the actors our mascot Oh, look at that. We were too uh, ascendant to take orders from any human being, but (laughs) we will elect a rock, literally. Uh, Big rock for 2020? I'll take it. Okay. Uh, You heard us. Does the big rock believe in health and education reform? I think so. Ooh, big rock all the way. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so we got two facts. We've got uh, snow sports. We've got uh, some history in there. Yep. Um, and now, oh, and we also have the fact that I lived. I, I I didn't. I don't know if I got off the train, but I went through there. Which you looked out the window at the very least. Maybe I might have been asleep. I don't know. Weak. Um. So fact number three. And uh, have you heard of Donner Lake or uh, to- the Donner Party? Very famous Western history right here. So you, this isn't going to be new to you. Not new to me, but it might be new to some of our uncultured East Coast listeners, such as Connor, as he's pointing at himself. <laughs> so this is something I learned. So Truckee is, within Truckee is Donner Lake. Mm-hmm. And the Donner Memorial State Park is right next to the lake. Yeah. And it's one of the, Donner Lake is one of the lakes, smaller lakes around the much larger Lake Tahoe. Mm-hmm. And, um... For some of us who are uninformed, apparently, the Donner, uh, the episode of the Donner Reed Party, more commonly called the Donner Party, has been described by historians as one of the most spectacular tragedies in California history and in the entire record of American westward migration. Mm -hmm. It is something. Yeah. You got some facts about it? Apparently you have more than me, but I'll try my best, Maxim. I don't I don't have numbers, I just have the gist of it. Okay, I don't think I have too much specifics because I feel like that could tire people out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, but let's see. This is uh this is a oh geez. So the Donner Party departed Missouri on the Oregon Trail in the spring of eighteen forty six behind many other pioneer families who were also attempting mm-hmm. to move west. But the journey, uh, the journey usually took four to six months. If you had it out in the spring, in theory, it should work. But the Donner Reed Party decided to follow a new route called the Hastings Cutoff, which was supposed to cut off a bunch of the travel. It's supposed to be mm-hmm. a more direct path. They're, they're walking the tangent. Sounds like a terrible idea. Well, I don't know. I wasn't around in 1846 when people were shooting cannonballs just a few years later 
and yeah. on islands. I do at, like that these two stories are happening at the same time. Yes, it's very interesting. The and just re- of America. Just remember, Truckee's a place with things happening now, which also has very much like, hey, come kind of vacation here. Yeah. Come, okay. They're almost the same place, but not at all. Not at all. So one is has water in it, and one is surrounded by water. Mm-hmm. Comparison. There is water at places. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> By by early November, uh, the Donner Party reached the Sierra Nevada, but became trapped by an early heavy snowfall near Truckee, as mm-hmm. we now know, is very common. Yeah, and uh, so they got trapped. So plu- uh, food supplies got dangerously low, and some people snap strapped on their snowshoes and tried to be an advance party to go get help. Uh, not all of them made it, and I think. Uh, I think about half of those that advance party that went out died. Mm-hmm. And um, so 87 people initially were a member, were members of this party mm-hmm. and only 48 survived overall, which is just over half. Mm-hmm. But uh, when that winter got a little, little rough little food, su- food supplies running low mm-hmm. desperation, on uh, on the mind. Yeah. Hunger in the belly. Cannibalism mm-hmm. took place. Yep. And I maybe you can help me clarify. It seems like they weren't killing each other and then eating them. They were like, well, this person's dead or dying. And so why don't we just kill them? I think that is what the case was. So like, it's like, it's like, it's okay. It's like it's polite cannibalism. Yeah, it's not like it's it's not malicious cannibalism. It's like survival cat cannibalism. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't be like, oh, here's a healthy fourteen year old boy. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, oh, here's like a a dying forty year old man. We're gonna eat the one who's dying. Like you, like if you eat if you just kill people to eat them at that point, you're getting rid of more more survival potential. Oh yeah. Tell me more about your thoughts on uh, how you would kill in a cannibalistic situation. That's uh I just think that makes <laughs> sense. Also, I highly encourage everyone to watch cannibal, the musical, which was actually done by Matt Stone and Trey Parker before South park. It's uh, and before book of Mormon before book of Mormon. Yeah. It's actually, huh. it's a, it's a cannibal. A, it's a musical about this event, but it's like, it's based on it, but it's not totally accurate in the, in this, in this movie, they're going from, I think it's like Wyoming to Denver or no, they're going from like, they're going from like uh, Utah to Breckenridge or something like that. And they get lost and it's, but it's, it's goofy. It's fun. It's just, if you enjoy that, their style of humor, it's not at all like South Park, but it's good. It's funny. (laughs) Well, uh, my high school choir teacher sang a song in it, which was cool. Well, uh, that is cool. The, you know how you're saying everything's all right in Truckee? Yeah. Uh, so where they were, right? yeah, where they were was right by what was formerly Truckee Lake. Mm-hmm. And now is Donner Lake in the, the Donner Memorial Park area. So uh, they were by All Right Lake. And uh, at least for almost half, things were not only just not all right, things were nearing the end, if not already ended. Yeah. We only say two C words on this podcast, census and cannibalism. <laughs> we don't say the C-I-T-Y word. No. That's a, that's a bad word. Boo. Boo. Bring us cannibals, CDP. <laughs> a so you, cannibal designated place. Donner Lake. A census Donner place. Donner party. The um, a census, yeah, 
anyway. Well, there's so much history also to unpack with the Donner Party. Like all these yeah. things, like the history of winter sports in the area, the, the history of the Native American population, the history of the Donner Party, all happened within Chucky, California. Yeah. Which is, it's, you got, the, you got your different pieces. It's like you're trying to put a, uh, uh, I was going to say Staten Island, <laughs> Smith Island cake together, but with a uh, white sauce and uh, a little bit of mayonnaise and uh, gummy worm. It's like, it, it, all the pieces are there and it's in the same thing, but it's not necessarily your ideal Smith Island cake um, of layers. No. I do want to point out, though, that, like, wow, the 18. 18- 1840s were an incredible time for America because at that time you could proclaim yourself king and marry five women or you could walk across the country and starve so hard you eat your friends. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, it's it's a lot. There's a lot to unpack in this place. And I'm sure if you went to Truckee now, your first thought would not be, ooh, I bet cannibals were here once. Well, they, they didn't probably Fine. didn't identify as cannibals. I think that was a... So I don't want to call them cannibals. If I drove if past a place called Donner Lake, I'd be like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know what happened here. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's uh, those are the facts as of now. Those are the three the three wow, facts that I good brought. Um, Why didn't they just toboggan away from the store? <laughs> Why didn't they just take the, the ski lift? Why didn't they take the road less traveled? The toboggan road. The toboggan road. Well, they didn't have runners. They probably needed to get away faster. Oh, yeah. The snow was probably too deep for traditional toboggans. Yeah, I don't know if it's fluffy. I'm guessing it's fluffy. It's probably really fluffy. A lot of a lot of gnar? A lot of gnar. Okay. I wasn't sure if I used that word right. I mean, they were just basically knee-deep in freshies on that gnarly yeah. day. Yeah. They're just trying to get some uh, clean, untouched lines and... They got a little too ahead of themselves, and they all died. Yeah, and they, well, not all of them. So a a lot, lot of them. A lot. So, uh, yeah, if you go to Truckee, you can dine out, be a part of the, the cultural uh, renaissance the mm-hmm. area is having. You can take the Amtrak other places, and then you can think about all the, the people that had lived there before. Yeah. And we had forgotten because our that's what our culture does with the native population. And then uh, you can think about the other people. That we remember more, the the, the mel- multiple people that were eaten. Yeah, and if you're taking a family vacation out there, if grandma's a little sick, don't be afraid to. <laughs> I think uh, the Alex episode has allowed you to come forward with your darker side. Yeah, which I'm for. I'm, I'm just gonna. I'm, I'm a very they, positive person. We just. This is the thirteenth episode. This is the haunted oh, episode. This is the murder. The cannibalism episode. The um. See, the, the real downside here, though, is people can't see my face when I get uncomfortable with a podcast, which is um, something our, you and our group of friends is recognizing as a thing I do when I am uncomfortable. Yeah. And then they just double down and they just want to keep seeing. See, this is why uh, you got to be here. Yeah, I guess you got to be friends with us yeah. so that you won't enjoy anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it works. Um Thank you for your research, Connor. You're oh, welcome, yeah, thank Connor. You. Thank you for your research. <laughs> I was going to stop saying it. Yeah, I know. That's why I said it to myself. Because <laughs> I need the ego boost. That was uh, good. I appreciate the snow sports. Thanks. History. I appreciate your research about Beaver Island. It was very enticing. <laughs> that's the sound of a cannon being shot at a group of Irishmen. A, a cannon right now? Yeah. Great. I did it in you post. Did it. Well, unless you do it. Uh, I can show yeah. you how. It we'll could be exciting. Take a look at it. Um, yeah. So, any questions? 
let's see. Um, would you rather? Would you rather eat someone or be eaten? <laughs> so the question is life or death more in a survival situation. I feel like when push comes to shove, I don't think I have a very strong fight response of fight and flight. And I think if you know me, you know that well. It's very clear up front, I am a flighter. You're, so uh, you would be one of the people who's like, I'm going to put on some snowshoes and get help. And then you just die in the cold. Yeah, that's probably me. But if push came to shove, I don't know what those instincts would be. I'm hoping I don't need to find out what those instincts would be. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I, I almost feel like I just wouldn't like eat people. So that's how I'd like to believe I would act. But here's the real question. Would you rather eat someone mm-hmm. or drink the sour toe drink? Oh, drink the sour toe drink. It's more or less down. the same yeah. thing in my head. I mean, that's not what doing. the Donner Party should have done. They should have just put people's toes in drinks and then pretend like they're eating them. And then been in the Paris of the North. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, imagination is a powerful thing. Why don't they just imagine they had more food? I don't get it. Yeah. Take some cues from SpongeBob. <laughs> I'm trying to think what else. Um, if uh, I had... Oh. I don't know. No, You're no, no. the scare person. I I had a question before, and I had something relevant to, I think, what was your interest. Um, but then I learned so much more stuff. So much <laughs> more. I didn't care to ask you anymore. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Well, um, uh, reach out to us, right? Mm-hmm. Talk to us. Become our friends. That's first of all. Oh, listen to our podcast. Yep. Um, follow us. Yep. At ST Radio Pod. Yep. On Twitter mm-hmm. and Instagram. Yep. You know we're going to be blowing up that Instagram. Yep. Email us at smalltownradiopodcast yep. at gmail.com. That's up. For our mailbag that's going to be kicking off our upcoming episodes. Send or us listener mail. Send it's us. easy to get a shout out on this show. It is. We have three of our, of our uh, 100 plus so far. Yeah. We got Campbell, Kayla, Jack Slimer this episode. Yes. And, um, Let's see. Um, Maxim also got this giant poster. This giant. You got multiple maps. I got two maps. I don't want to downplay either one of them. But you got to scratch off one and mine's I, just laminated. My so. cousin Grant got us a scratch off poster of the United States. Is it so as can, big as my poster? I don't know. I didn't unroll it because I wanted to keep it in the packaging so I could ship it here. Uh, oh. So Connor also gave me a rollout map of the United States, which will remain in Connor's bedroom. Yeah, so I guess it's where he podcasts. He basically <laughs> gave a gift to himself. Um, indirectly. But, the intention was there. Yeah, the intention was there. And I got Connor a gift as well, but I forgot to bring it over for this podcast. Well, thank you for your gift, Max. Well, I'll, I just have to remember to get it to you. Um, I'll carry it around in my writer's notebook and then... Oh, is that's Oh. No, it'd be, if we're going to be comparing when, sizes. When you see it, you'd be like, how is... How are you carrying that in a notebook? And I'm like, I jammed it between is the it pages. A, is and it an broke animal? The spine. Why would I give you an animal? Well, you said broke the spine. Oh, of the book, of the notebook. No, it's a. Uh, is it a crown? Am I king? No. Did you buy me? It does smell good, though. A monarchy. It smells. Good. Did you say I? I too many questions. Wouldn't it be uh, funny if I got you deodorant? <laughs> You're so rude. <laughs> See, that's the only gift of smell that wouldn't be rude because of the jokes about the podcast. Right. But uh, last night we had an amazing open mic at our buddy Alex's place. Uh, he was on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. He's been doing this thing called the squatters mic because his roommates are out and 
we've been having a mic in his loft in East Williamsburg. And it's been really sick. It's been really fun. I did a set that I, I haven't done in like three weeks. And I was just happy I remembered it all. And it went well. What's the A set? So it's like, it's someone I've done the most. But right. it was a nice, fresh crowd. So it's always nice to get a big confidence boost by Definitely. Fun some good stuff it's just nice to go to a mic and have people laugh and she's like oh, yeah everyone was laughing the nice. whole time yeah. there's like an hour to almost two hours of comedians yeah and everyone was laughing throughout it was yeah. a really nice environment it was a blast um, so shout out to Alex. Maxim hosted he's I looking host. to host more yeah if you um, want me to host a comedy show or an open mic let me know I should really just like do this myself and put something together but like oh yeah I, I haven't talked to you about so that a bit more we'll work on um, it also if I have a website it's my first and last name Karnik Fiachin Dot com. If you go to our Instagram, you can figure out how to spell that. Yes. And um, I did photography for uh, Loud Bitch Comedy, mm-hmm. uh, Sharia Mathis. Shout out to Sharia, Sharia Mattis. Um, yes, yeah, Mattis. Mattis. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I Mathis incorrectly. There's Mattis. two T's, no H. Yes. I was trying to think about it. I was spelling in my head. Sharia, um, very, very funny. I did photography for her show and a little bit of videography. So if you're looking for any of that stuff or like podcast producing, also, if you go to my website, you can find my application number two to be on Survivor. I still haven't watched it. I'm so, it's so okay. sorry. It's got glowing reviews. Really? From nice. my mom. It was a gift to her. You can find that there. Other, <laughs> other If I have upcoming shows, it'll be on there. All that stuff. Uh, you can hire me, though, for work. Awesome. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at MaximofAllen. Um, I tweet stuff, and I like it when people follow me. So do that. Uh, give us some listener mail. Give us some shout-outs. Interact with us. Like, literally, any of you, you don't even have to like be that close friends with us. Just message the podcast. We'll get back to you. Maybe shout you out on the podcast. If you have any suggestions or any like questions, anything at all, pertaining to this show or us as comedians if you have work to pay us for please let us know <laughs> suggestions are super helpful for the show um, suggestions are great i just had an idea because you know how this part might be a little dry might people be like oh they're actually done the episode you can just turn it off oh more facts what if we just had one well like killer cheesy joke at the end okay I don't have one off the top of my head that I can think of. Okay, here's one that I get a lot of positive feedback on. I don't do this one often. Are you going to burn it? Like this is a, I, this, I, the only ones I have, I have a bunch of cheesy jokes in my set, but mm. I don't want to do stuff. For, I want them to come see. Well, this one isn't something I do live anymore. Okay, good. But if you think about it, geese are just weaponized ducks. Geese are what happens when ducks go to prison and join a <laughs> gang called the Avian Brotherhood. That's really funny. That is good, isn't it? That is. That's that was your. You only know that if you stuck around. So stick that's around. That's an end of episode treat for you goblins and you cowards out and there. And you baby birds. Baby birds. Baby birds and goblins. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's it. Wow. What a what an episode. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're so happy to be back and not pre-recording. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, hope you had a great new year. Uh, follow through on your resolutions. Get fit. Uh, get fat. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Whatever you yeah. chose. Yeah. Um, get rich get rich get figure poor. out which uh disney person you are that's a thing that's yeah, going around use right the now. instagram thing or snapchat it's instagram yeah. yeah yeah i think so watch star wars episode nine maybe mm, uh i recommend it if you want to go into it with like i'm ready to have, watch a fun movie i would not recommend it for anything else that's how i watch all my, it you know okay that's like an anti-plug <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you thank you bye bye, bye.